It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. got Purdue men's basketball and then uh, of course uh, shout out to coach Katie Gerald's and company they are uh, at home uh, against Syracuse tonight the Big Ten ACC challenge so we got to get you ready for all that stuff and what do these look like uh these sound like Purdue basketball tickets to Hofstra next Wednesday night uh the 7th uh, I have your chance to win those you know how you do that just text me a good old boiler up the 765-447-4080 and we'll draw out a winner here before the end of the show, okay? It's that simple. Text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. I'll get you in the running to win these tickets here. Again, I'll draw out a winner out of all the texts uh, before the end of the show. You want to go see... By the way, this game next week, not on television. Big 10 Plus. Uh-huh. You better get your face in the place, people. And I got your way in right here. Text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. Do what you got to do. Let's get you registered to win those tickets. I want to send you to Wednesday night's game against Hofstra next week. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get started like we always do. It's time for the Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. Let's get. Let me start out on a positive note. About a, it's been a rough day for me. I'm going to start out on a positive note here on the show. How about Ava Hudson, your Big Ten Freshman of the Year, unanimous people over in volleyball. She also takes home first team All Big Ten honors as well. Raven Colvin, Maddie uh, Schirmerhorn were second teamers. Hudson is the second freshman in Boilermaker history to be named Freshman of the Year. And the first under Dave Shondell. Way to go. They're down in uh, Louisville getting ready for that uh, NCAA game uh, against Tennessee. Let's do it. Speaking of Big Ten honors, yesterday we told you that there were no football players on the first, second, or third defensive teams at the Big Ten Awards. So today we have to dominate the offensive awards, right? I mean, it would only make sense. You're in the Big Ten Championship game, for Pete's sakes. You had to get there somehow. All right. Maybe the defense wasn't kicking in. There's got to be plenty of recognition on offense, right? Charlie Jones, the only first-team All-Big Ten Conference member. Payne Durham and Aiden O'Connell, second team. Four other Boilermakers on the offensive side of the ball uh, end up as Big Ten honorable mention. Devin Mockaby, Gus Hartwig, Spencer Holstage, and Marcus Zembo are all... Honorable mentions. I don't even know where to start. 
I was very upset reading that. We'll talk about it here in a little bit, and we'll see where the media really, and, and the coaches, by the way, messed up. Speaking of football, uh, Indiana football released an update on Dexter Williams. Remember the quarterback that uh, had to be carted off for that scary non-contact knee injury during the Oakland Bucket game? Ah, here's what we got. Dislocated knee with significant structural damage, they say. He'll need surgery next week, then they'll see what's what. Ooh, boy. Not good. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. I tweeted this out. And it blows my mind that there's like guys out there like Rondell Moore that'll squat like 600 pounds. I'm sure this Williams kid probably three, 400 pounds, I'm sure. He's a college athlete, so I mean, it's got to be a lot. So you mean to tell me in the human body, and I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of him or anything like that. I'm just saying the human body is weird. You could squat like three, 400 pounds, right? But like one weird step or a stutter move on some field turf, and then your knee essentially just removes itself from the body. Isn't that amazing? Human body's weird, man. Human body's really, really weird. Hopefully he gets better soon. That's that just sounds scary. Sounds scary. It looked scary. Hope the kid's still able to play football. Round one last night, IU Health Hoops Classic for the boys. Rensselaer Central 57-43 over Twin Lakes. Benton Central takes down McCutcheon 45-38. Then over May Gymnasium, it's West Lafayette over CC 59-52. Harrison 44-32 over Lafayette Jeff. So Friday, Rensselaer Central versus Benton Central. The winner goes to the ship. Take on the winner of Westside and Harrison. Tonight, Purdue men's basketball in Tallahassee taking on the Seminoles. 15-point road favorite. 7-15 is that tip-off on ESPN2. Then, here locally, your Purdue women's basketball squad is in action. They're going to host Syracuse in their leg of the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. That game's 6 o'clock on ES. I'm sorry, it's on uh, Big Ten Network. So you can actually watch both these games. Warm up with the with the women's game, and then slide right on over to the uh, to the men's game. Works out really nice, now, doesn't it? Over in the NBA, your uh, Bulls are in action tonight. A five and a half point dog in Phoenix. The Pacers, after their uh, last second uh, win over LeBron and the Lakers, are back in action as well in Sacramento, taking on the Kings. Four-and-a-half-point road dogs uh, are your beloved Pacers. And then, Lord help us, it's the Chicago Blackhawks in action tonight against the Oilers. Ooh, ooh, they're going to lose their eighth in a row. That's not good. What's this? Edmonton's a minus 225, probably not even plus money on the puck line tonight. Ugh. Last time these two teams met was back at the end of October, right before Halloween. 6-5 Oilers in Chicago. Uh, speaking of that Big Ten ACG Challenge, by the way, uh, there are other matchups tonight on the men's side, including Ohio State, a 5.5-point dog at Duke. Rutgers, a 3-point dog at Miami. Uh, IU will host UNC. The Hoosiers, uh, about a 5.4.5, 5-point favorite at home. 
Michigan State's a two-point favorite at Notre Dame, and Nebraska a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Boston College, which uh, brings us to our best bets for the night. You're looking for some stuff to target here. Uh, the big question here is, does Purdue cover that spread? I'm leaning towards yes. The Seminoles are outside the top 300 in scoring with an adjusted offensive efficiency that ranks at 148 per Ken Palm. They score 66 points per game, despite the average possession length that ranks inside the top 20. Uh, poor shooting, high turnovers. The Seminoles rank 223rd or worse in two-point percentage and three-point percentage, turnover rate and free-throw percentage. They're not playing well. Purdue is too good of a team. I think this team is pretty focused. Yes, you're worried a little bit about that, uh, you know, maybe coming down from the high of that tournament. But I think Purdue is going to do a good job here. Um, they're doing great against a three-point shot, too, even though the Seminoles can't hit that. Uh, the Seminoles do have a lot of size. I think they're like the fourth or fifth biggest team on average. But they clearly don't know what they're doing with it. So I'll go until the Boilermakers... Prove you wrong. I mean, I, I don't know how you can pick against them, spread or not. Boilers, by the way, four and two against the spread on the season. Uh, the Seminoles are one and seven, and of course, one and seven against the spread as well. I mean, come on, they just lost the fl- they lost to Nebraska seventy five to fifty eight. Nebraska. It's not a good look. It's not a good team. I am a little. You, you want some? You want some? Uh, some next level uh, stat stuff for you? I'll tell you this. Thank you to Jeff Julie for sending this to me today. Uh, it looks like, according to FlightAware, they landed in Tallahassee at one fifty a.m. Do they know what time zone they're playing in tonight? <laughs> After being out in Portland on Sunday, all the way on the left coast, come home here. Uh, Sunday night, you get Monday, most of Tuesday, you get on the plane late Tuesday night and go fly out to, uh, to Tallahassee early on in the morning. That's not a, uh, that's gotta be tough. Also tonight too, I, I don't understand this line here with Michigan state being as, uh, a big of, a. I mean, they, they should be a, they should be a huge favorite in this thing, right? I mean, they're taking on Notre Dame. Uh, I know they're on the road here, but look, Notre Dame's strength of schedule is horrendous. 318. Michigan State's is seventh. Uh, despite being five and one, Notre Dame, not a great defensive team. They give up .97 points per possession, which is in the, uh, bottom sixth percentile per synergy. They rank 248th in opposing effective field goal percentage. I think Michigan State is going to go ahead and feast here tonight. On that one, and we're only talking about a, uh, a one and a half, two point uh, spread in this one. Uh, I just, I know it's on the road and everything too. I just think Michigan State's going to be too good of a team here. Yeah, they got that little burn offense there, and they like to take their time, yada yada yada. But I think Michigan State's been battle tested. I think they know what they're doing, and uh, I think I'm on Michigan State one and a half points tonight. That's all you got to get. This is a bucket. He's got to cover by a bucket tonight. And I think Michigan State can do that. So that's my other play tonight. That's how I'm rolling this evening. Uh, and uh, those will be my best bets. 
IU and UNC, I'm iffy on. I just feel like five and a half points and UNC seems like a little bit too much of a gift. I feel like maybe I'm missing something here. Uh, they have underperformed, that's for sure. And I don't know that going into Assembly Hall is something that's going to right the ship. So oh, that's a little bit too close. I'm avoiding that one. Those are the plays. Don't forget, keep on texting me. Boiler up the 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. I will get you registered to win tickets to next Wednesday night's matchup in Mackey Arena against Hofstra. If you want to go, text Boiler up the 765 447 4080 get you registered to win these Hofstra tickets. We'll draw them out at the end of the show. So if you want to go, again, that game's not going to be on TV next week. So I think you need tickets and it's sold out. So uh text uh boiler up the 765-447-4080. It's Elf Night too. Come on, who doesn't love the movie Elf? Get you the holiday spirit. All right, we're gonna take a break and uh, we're gonna come back. The disrespect for Purdue football has hit an all-time high. Thanks to the Big Ten itself, the Indianapolis Star today, and the Rose Bowl. Oh, my goodness. Everybody is out on Purdue football. We're going to talk about that in a little bit more next. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 101- hey, welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, we want to hear from you on the Blue Fox Heat and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Text me, boiler up the 765 447 4080. We will get you registered to win tickets for next week's game against Hofstra. We'll draw out a winner at the end of the show. Uh, Purdue men's basketball, December the 7th, Mackey Arena against Hofstra. That game not on television, and it is also sold out. You want to go? Text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. We will get you registered to win those tickets. Okay. Big Ten continuing its football awards today, and you've got to be kidding me. Got to be kidding me. What in the world are these people doing over there? I know it's not technically them, but it's also it's, it's the media, it's the coaches. What, what are we watching here? The quite possibly... More egregious of... There's two really big sticking points here, I think. Two really big sticking points. Wide receiver and tight end of the year. Charlie Jones is a first-teamer, yes. But Marvin Harrison Jr., he's finding himself uh, the Big Ten's leading receiver for the year. Stack them up. One guy has 97 catches. One guy has 72 catches. One guy has 1,199 yards. One guy has 1,157 yards. They both have 12 touchdowns. One's longest is 60 yards. One's longest is uh, 58 yards. One averages 8.1 receptions per game. One averages 6 per game. One averages 12.4. Yards per catch, one averages 16.1 yards per catch. One for a game averages 99.9 yards. The other averages 96.4 yards. So we're pretty tight here on average yards per game. We're two yards off on 
yards per or, uh, we're two catches off per game. We're four yards apart on average uh, per completion. Our longest are about the same. Same amount of touchdowns. We're what thirty? Uh, I'm sorry, forty-two yards apart on yards, and we're fifteen. I'm sorry, twenty-five catches apart. Who do you think should have it there? Clearly, Charlie. 25 more catches, same amount of touchdowns, virtually the same amount of yards, longest. I mean, come on. Let's add this, too. No disrespect to Aiden O'Connell. He's the second-team guy. But Marvin Harrison Jr. has the offensive player of the year in the conference and the quarterback of the year in the conference throwing him the football. Marvin Harrison Jr., also has a top-tier wide receiver number two. No disrespect to anybody at Purdue. But I think it's just a little bit better than anything that Purdue has at number two. The stats show that. It's very, very clear on that. So Marvin, and he's a tremendous wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. Marvin has somebody else that you have to make sure that you're covering so you can't double him exclusively. Marvin has the number one quarterback in the league, the offensive player of the year in the league. And he's got that last name, doesn't he? Isn't that that one of the biggest things right there? He's got the last name. So apparently 25 more catches. Two more receptions per game. That's not enough of a difference there when everything else is virtually the same. So maybe it's the jersey, uh, maybe it's the name on the front, not on the back there. That was snub number one. Snub number two is Payne Durham. You know, Sam Laporta gets the first team nod. Sam Laporta also gets the tight end of the year award in the Big Ten. Match up the numbers. Laporta with 53 catches. Payne Durham with 54. Okay. Payne had 550 yards. Laporta had 600 yards. Okay. We're talking average per catch here. Payne Durham, 10 yards per catch roughly. Laporta, 11 yards per catch. Laporta, 54.6 yards per game. Payne Durham, 45. Big difference here, though. Touchdowns. Payne Durham with eight, Laporta with one. Do you know how many more players, not tight ends, players in the Big Ten that had more touchdown catches than Payne Durham this year? Four. Charlie Jones, Marvin Harrison Jr., Trey Palmer, And, and yet it's Laporta. Why? That is, you can't match up on everything. And then the most important stat, scoring. It's not even close. It's not like it's one or two. It's seven freaking touchdowns. I'm sorry, does he get handicapped that much because it's he's got Spencer, Spencer throwing him the football? Are we giving him that much credit? 
Like, oh, it's a miracle in that offense that you caught one touchdown? Is he uh, that much better of a blocker? Is it that big of a deal? Come on. You gotta be kidding me. I, you know, we went through this yesterday with the Big Ten uh, and the defensive players. That it, it was mind blowing that nobody makes the first, second, or third team. And I know there's only so many spots that you can really argue that with what was a, a pedestrian um, defense this year, but it did its job. It got him in the Big Ten West Championship. Got him Big Ten West Championship. But they had nobody on first, second, or third team, which leads you to believe that, hey, they must have done it all on offense, right? And even there, they got snubbed. I saw some people trying to make, um, trying to make a, a stand for the mock train too, not getting freshman of the year and, uh, maybe getting like a, a, a third team. Uh, that's a tough one for me. I thought, uh, look. Ibrahim is clearly the top. Him and him and Blake Corum are the the top two guys there. I thought Chase Brown had a nice season. He didn't look great against Purdue, so maybe I'm docking him a little bit here. Braylon Allen is also a very good running back. I don't think it even matters who they throw in at Ohio State. They're going to be good, whether it's uh, Williams or Henderson, and they're both very good. Henderson dealing with the injury probably would uh, had a little bit more to say. Um, but, you know, to put Singleton in there as the freshman of the year, I, I agree with that. That's that's the right call. I mean, you could stack those two up against each other. And you know, Singleton just has a little bit of an edge everywhere. He's more yards per game, not by much. They both had like 70-yard runs, 10 touchdowns to 8 touchdowns. Um, Singleton averages like uh, almost a whole uh, over a yard more per carry. Um, the total yards, 849 to 941. And Devin played one less game here, too. I, and that's, I, I think that's the right one. You can make a little bit of a case. You can make an eyeball test case, I guess. But... Uh, there were a lot of really good running backs in here. And as great as he is, and I do think he's a good running back, uh, his time will come on that list. Uh, it, it stinks because he's just been such a revelation that you as a Purdue fan want to see him uh, get some kind of recognition there. He gets honorable mention. I, I feel that's about right. Um, maybe a little bit more love for Gar- Gus Hartwig. I thought he had a great season on the O-line there, too. That can be subjective to some folks, especially with media. But yesterday, I would not die on a hill um, for some of those defensive snubs. I, I, I just thought there was some, you could make an argument, but not one that I was ready to, to, to throw down for. But today, Charlie Jones... And Payne Durham, not one, but both to get snubbed in the way they did. At the end of the day, maybe I can go to bed and say, Charlie Jones deserved to have that uh, wide receiver of the year award, but he had the wrong jersey on. Maybe he doesn't have the benefit of that last name. I, I could have I slept well on that. 
But Payne Durham being that's seven more times. What is it? Fourth, fifth most touchdowns in the league. We can't get him first team. We can't get him as tight end of the year. You got to be kidding me. I can't. I can't with this. That's not the only disrespect that Purdue football has had to endure today. How about this from uh, from Jerry Palm? In what would be the most Purdue thing ever, there are rumors flying around West Lafayette that the Rose Bowl would not take the Boilers if they win the Big Ten on Saturday. The last Big Ten championship to be available for the Rose Bowl but not play there was Indiana in 1945. The Indianapolis Star, and while I'm sure some kind of mistake, it was a template, but still it got out there today. Um, tweeter Barbara Lewis put this out here. Apparently this is in the E edition. If you go to the special edition for the weekend, it's got the headline and everything too. It's ready to go. It says, Mish again, the undefeated Wolverines knock off Purdue to win the Big Ten title for the second straight year. Wednesday. Maybe it's a placeholder. It wasn't supposed to be pushed out, but still, Dewey defeats Truman. Come on. The disrespect is so real around this. I've never wanted to burn the conference's hopes to the ground for the college football playoff like I do this weekend. Like, I'm literally, I'm getting to the point right now where I don't know that it could happen. If Purdue were to win, that both Michigan and Ohio State would miss the college football playoff. But I've never wanted something more, I think, in college football in my life than I do this. The disrespect is so real. Thank you to Jed, by the way, for sending me this. The same Laporta touchdown um, was against Purdue, ironically. Was it? Yeah, it sounds about right. <sighs> sounds about right. Can I put this indie star thing on a t-shirt if if we win? Can I do that and sell that? Like the Boilermaker Alliance should be allowed to like put that on a t-shirt and just sell it. Like I want this printed out and I would frame it. Oh, could you imagine? But the disrespect right now, it's so real. I'm not disrespecting you, man. I want to send you to the Purdue and Hofstra basketball game next Wednesday night, Mackey Arena. It's not on TV. It's just on Big Ten Plus, uh, and it's also sold out. If you want to go, uh, get get your chance here. Go and text me, Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. If you want to go see Purdue and Hofstra, it's Elf Night 2 next Wednesday night. I got a pair of tickets for you, so you can go check out Purdue Men's Basketball that is uh, next Wednesday. If you want to go, text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. I'll draw out a winner here at the end of the show. All right, hang tight. Speaking of Purdue men's basketball, let's take a look at that matchup tonight against the Seminoles in Tallahassee. What to expect? Let's talk about it next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. 
Back on the Hammer Downs show, if you want to win my tickets uh, for Purdue versus Hofstra next Wednesday night, text me boiler up to 765-447-4080, and I will get you uh, registered to win those. I'll draw out the winner at the end of the show, 765-447-4080. Text me uh, boiler up, and uh, I will get your draw your uh, name in the drawing there, and uh, we'll find out who's going to take these bad boys home in about 20 minutes or so. Speaking of Purdue men's basketball, a 15-and-a-half point favorite tonight. They go down to Florida State to take on the Seminoles, a uh, team that, you know, when you saw that preseason said, all right, Leonard Hamilton, we'll go through this again. We know what we're in for, right? You go down there, tough place to play, play a lot of bulldog defense. You got to be you got to be on your A game. Things have changed. This team is 1-7, and 1-7 seven, and seven against the spread as well have really fallen off. The defense is not there like it has been traditionally. They're allowing 75 points per game right now uh, and only scoring 66. Really, as glaring as the defensive side of the basketball has been, uh, the offensive side has been just extremely poor for them. We talked about this in best bets here where they're not shooting the ball well um, I think they're around, they're right around 41% or so, uh, shooting as a team. Uh, you're looking at a team too that also averages nearly 15 turnovers per game. 15. They're shooting 31% from three point. They are 68% free throw shooting team. Uh, how, how are you supposed to win with those numbers? Uh, you, you can't. They're just—they're not doing the little things here. And, and a team like Purdue uh, can go on some runs. This is a perfect team to be able to do that against ability-wise. Uh, there is some interesting stuff here. Uh, they do have a seven-foot-four guy as well, Naheem McLeod, who can uh, come in and play. He's only averaging about like sixteen, seventeen minutes a game here. And what he's in, he's basically a rebounding threat, but not a huge scoring threat. Put up 10 against uh, Stanford, and that's been about it. He's usually like a 5, 6, 7 point kind of guy. Um, but it will be interesting to see him get in the game, perhaps. I, I don't know if they'll play him against Edie or not. But it will be interesting to see those two guys matched up against each other. Kayla Mills, their leading scorer, 12.6 points per game. He also averages over two turnovers per game, which is not great. Shooting 43% and just 20% from behind the arc. Their main three-point threat is Cameron Fletcher, who um, shoots at about a 36% clip. They've got uh, the green kid, too, who's also uh, in the upper 30s in three-point shooting percentage. But Purdue has been fantastic at limiting that uh, this season. Purdue is fifth in three-point percentage allowed. The other thing, too, here's the key tonight for Purdue defensively, is not to let them get too close to the rim. I know that seems kind of redundant. They shoot 59% on close twos, just 34%. On those uh, twos that are just a little bit too far away from the... I don't don't know exactly how far they measure that out. I'm just telling you the numbers that I got in front of me here. Florida State's also the second biggest team in the country. They just don't... They don't have the guard play, though, like Purdue does, 
that spaces you out enough to create the room uh, to, to let those big guys operate. Not that they've been fantastic, but, geez, you got a whole lot better time scoring if you're three feet, four feet from the basket than you do from, you know, 10, 15 feet away. It's a seminal team that just struggles to score. 236, an effective field goal percentage. I mean, it's not good. Meanwhile, you got Purdue. I know there's some people that are worried about maybe there's a little bit of a letdown. You're traveling multiple time zones here again. Uh, I mean, we're all in the East, but still, you've gone from Portland on Sunday and playing those, you know, that late night one on Friday, trying to adjust. Like I said, they got in about after 1 a.m. yesterday or this morning into Tallahassee. I'm sure they'll be rested. I'm I'm sure they'll be fine. I don't think they have anybody that really tests Zach Eady. And I mean, you saw what he did to Timmy. You saw what he did, to, you know, to all the big guys over at Duke. He's faced tougher competition. I'd like to see Fletcher Lawyer have another good game tonight. Again, this is not a this is not the Seminoles team that we have come to know over the last several seasons from playing them in this thing or or some other tournament. One seventy nine in adjusted defensive efficiency, and the penchant for turning the ball over just it's going to lead to runs six eight ten point runs. This is not a high enough scoring uh, Florida State team that they'll be able to, I think, jump back into it with Purdue. I just like the, it's just it's a good matchup across the board here. Seminoles are 223rd or worse in two point field goal percentage, three point field goal percentage, turnover rate, free throw percentage. How do you win games? How do you expect to win games? In the 28th percentile defensively in the half court, according to Synergy. Where does Purdue make its make its money? In the half court. Florida State also terrible at limiting their opposing their, their opponents. The second chance points, 347th. I think even IUPUI does a better job at it. And that's saying something. A lot of putbacks tonight. A lot of and one on the putbacks tonight. A lot of boxes checked off for the Boilermakers here. I like the matchup for them. It opened at 13, which seemed like a gift. It's up to about 15 and a half now. It's it's quite a shocker to just see how bad this Florida State team is. But I will enjoy seeing 7-4 versus 7-4 at one point tonight. All right, don't forget, get that boiler up. Text it into me at 765-447-4080. At 765-447-4080. I got men's basketball tickets for the game against Hofstra next Wednesday night. I want to get your face in the place, so text boiler up to 765-447-4080. 4080. Want to send you there, okay? We'll draw out a winner here as soon as the show is over, which is in about 15 minutes. Hang tight. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the Hammer Down show next on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. 
Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jessalize. Last chance for you to text Boiler Up the 765 447 4080. I got Purdue men's basketball tickets uh, against Hofstra next Wednesday night at Mackey Arena. It's sold out. It is not on TV, so you need to get there. I got your pair of tickets here. Text Boiler Up. 765-447-4080. We will draw out a winner at the conclusion of today's show. Okay, time for some of the things we may have missed. Uh, let's start with the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Did you see the Syracuse and Illinois game last night? Oh my gosh. I have not... This has had to have been one of the hardest basketball games that I have had to watch... Like, I don't even know where to start with this thing. First off, I'm not going to tell you the score. Okay? I will tell you this, that the Syracuse, known for their 2-3 zone, no surprise, not a lot of teams run it. So we can get some teams off guard. I get it. Illinois had zilch when it came to getting inside the paint. Couldn't figure out a way to do it. They chucked up 39 three-pointers last night. They were 11 of 39 from three. Illinois won this game 73 to 44. So darn near 30 points. Okay? How bad was this game? Syracuse shot 27%. Illinois shot 35%. And Illinois still won by almost 30 points. From three-point range, Syracuse 29%, Illinois 28%. Again, Illinois still won by 30 points. Free throw percentage, the Illini shot 63%. The Syracuse is 52%. And again, the Illini still won. Rebounds, 46-42. to You had 88 rebounds in this thing. Syracuse had 17 turnovers. Oh, it was ugly. It's so bad that I almost want to advocate, if you want to beat Illinois, just learn how to play a solid 2-3 zone. They clearly don't know what they're doing with it. I know they won. They still put up 73, but 17 total turnovers, and they end up taking 39 three-pointers. (laughs) Mind-blowing. Oh, it's ugly to watch. So ugly. So what do these teams combine for here? That is uh, 29 of 121. Am I doing that math right in my head? I'm terrible at math. That's pretty bad. That's so bad. What's that percentage come out to? Just almost 24% combined? That can't be right. I'm doing my math wrong somewhere in there. But still, you're still in like the upper 20% combined for the game. Oh, absolutely never going to go back to watching that again. Uh, speaking of the Big Ten ACC Challenge, tonight I found this stat on, uh, on Twitter and it blew my mind. I use current senior classes never seen a ranked versus ranked matchup. In fact, last time IU basketball played a ranked versus ranked game at Assembly Hall, Wednesday, November the 30th of 2016, 
when 13th ranked IU faced North Carolina. IU won that game 76 to 67, ironically. Well, there you go. There's uh, the things that we may have missed. That's going to do it for us here. I'll draw out a winner as soon as we go off the air for these uh, basketball tickets against Hofstra. want to thank you guys for listening. The show reposted on Facebook, Spotify, Twitter, all those great places. Back tomorrow at 3 o'clock here on 101.